Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. Point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over for you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and warm. You don't want to come back to my place? The smell makes me nauseous. You know, I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? Holy shit, motherfuckers. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today, man, fuck me, that was an ordeal. Just getting room silence. Uh, you but know, it's is, okay. We we have cat built into it now. As soon as you said with cat included, I instantly thought of like a, a 90s commercial. New and improved room silence. Now with more cat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, Jesus Oh, Christ. my God. God, that tastes good. Did you miss Guinness? I missed Guinness so damn much. I thought you might. You know, I haven't had it in a while either. Um, you know what else I missed? Being able to digest a lactose. Did you know Guinness has lactose in it? It does. Sure does. That's why it's so creamy and delicious. That sucks. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for your stomach. Yeah, I know, right? That's all right. I found magic pills that take care of it. <laughs> I've been lactose intolerant for a long time, guys, and I'm all, I've only just now started trying uh, lactase supplements, and damn, do they help. So, uh, yeah, um, how you doing, Josh? <laughs> Better. <laughs> I can poop normal again. <laughs> no, I just mean, like, in general, because, like, we haven't done this in a bit, because you fucking worked for three weeks straight. Yeah, holy hell, <laughs> I feel off my game as fuck, bro. Yeah, me me as well. Like so. you, you worked for three weeks straight. I had my car die and the century basically taken away from me. Yay. Murphy, no! Yeah. That's his car. His car's yeah. name is Murphy. But uh, my car being dead means I can no longer train. take the time to train for the century, which means uh, I can drink again. And boy, <laughs> do I feel like I need to. Hey, there you go. That's something. <laughs> Unfortunately, my sensitivity to caffeine has been getting worse or they changed something about the way they roast their beans. Water Street's always had a really strong roast, and I think they're doing it mm. to their espresso beans now as, as well. Because I was avoiding their normal coffee and only drinking Americanos because it's espresso, so it's not the same beans. Right. Um, but now it's starting to kick me in the ass kind of the same way. So either I'm getting more sensitive wow. or they changed something about their roast or something else that I can't figure out at all. Anyway, today's episode of Beer with Buffy is Season 5, Episode 4, Out of My Mind, which kind of feels super uh, relevant because I feel out of my fucking gourd here, not having enough caffeine but still getting all the jitteriness from decaf, and it's kind of yeah, pissing me off. Fucking awful. Yeah. Had really horrible heart palpitations for a couple days straight, and I was like, maybe I'll just give the coffee a break for a minute. Even though I never have more than one fucking shot of espresso's worth of caffeine Man, in a that, day. That is not much either. That's not much at all. No. no. It's less than a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. Anyway, you know what else we have? 
Patreon supporters. Yeah. So executive and, producers. That's right. You know what they all want to hear is me bitch about caffeine sensitivity <laughs> for 20 minutes before we talk about Buffy, which is the reason that they pay us money. Right? I got that right, right? That's why you give us money. Well, here's a list of all the names of those people who give us money for that reason. They are Christina, Lauren Jewell, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Catrick J... Catrick J. Fur. I thought I misread that for a second. <laughs> no, he changed I, his name I, on us. I did not. <laughs> Hilly Hilfman, Scarlett Choi, Janelle Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, Kefro Gnome, Father DeFinistrato, Matthew Indebur, Kelly McAdams, Shubipathic, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Oh, we love you all. So Rex has a review to read us all, and it's not from iTunes. One of our lovely supporters, Paul. Paul sent us a message letting us know that he wrote us a review on, what is this? PodcastRepublic.net. Correct. Hey, how about that? Five-star review from Paul. It says... It doesn't get any better than this for anything Buffy-related. Josh and Rex break down every episode of Buffy and Angel with such precision, it's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. We will blow your minds. For free. I should have had you read the review because <laughs> it continues. Go on. Irregardless <laughs> of what you've heard in the past, this is, this is like taking a ride on the catbird seat. Keep up the awesome show, guys. What's catbird seat? I was just going to ask you. You don't know? <laughs> no fucking clue. I don't fucking know. To the Google box. <laughs> fucking making me read irregardless. God damn it. I don't care what the fucking dictionaries say. It's not a word. I don't care what you think as long as it upsets you. Yeah, I know you. An American English idiomatic phrase used to describe an enviable position often in terms of having the upper hand or greater advantage in any type of dealing among parties. The phrase derives from the common catbird's habit of making mocking calls from a secluded perch. The catbird is a breed of bird, or a species, and yeah, it does that. It's a dick, it, and it mocks people from its secluded perch. Or not people, but, you know. You know, that that's kind of, that's kind of a, a decent metaphor for podcasting. We're mocking people from a secluded <laughs> perch. Yeah. How did Paul put it again? This is like taking a ride in the catbird seat. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Shit, I, I guess we go to the parental synopsis. Well, that seems a bit early. If you really want to, we can make that happen. Yeah. Does anybody really want that? I mean, yes. Joshua. You know everybody wants me, Joshua. <laughs> Son of a bitch. She was sleeping. She was snoring. You had to summon her. I mean, I have, I have like one job here. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Joshua? Well, not having a stroke. Can you say the same? What do you mean? I feel fine. I'm not hallucinating your little brother Gordon at all anymore. <laughs> I sure hope not. He's real, you know. Uh, yeah, a real asshole. Hey, hey, you can't say that about your own son. Oh, Joshua. So young and naive. I'm 36. You'll always be my little infantilization target of abuse, Joshua. <laughs> fucking Christ. It's like living with a fucking chip in my head. Wherever I go, there you are, haunting me. 
<laughs> Did you say you bought chips, Joshua? <laughs> I like chips. <laughs> yes, I have a Dorito in my fucking occipital lobe. Okay, uh, which cupboard is that? <laughs> It's the same cupboard with the chunky, spicy remains of flesh. Joshua, you can just say salsa and I'll get it. Okay. Will you? I'm really not so sure. I think you get it about as much as Harmony gets that you probably shouldn't blow smoke directly into open brain surgery. I can't hear you. I'm stealing your salsa. Oh, thank Christ. Yeah, so long story short, Buffy's having some mild drama with Riley and Spike for getting in her way a bit while she's patrolling. Meanwhile, Giles' magic shop is coming along swimmingly. Xander's doing really well with carpentry. Willow is working on boosting Tara's self-esteem to becoming a professional tarot card reader or some shit. And they all chipped in to build Buffy a super nice training room in the back of the magic shop. Meanwhile, Harmony is back together with Spike because she's desperate and Spike has uses for her. That's right, multiple. <laughs> Joyce has a fainting spell and at the hospital, Dawn discovers that Riley has an irregular heartbeat. Riley fucks off and not wanting to let the initiative attempt any more medical procedures on him, hides where they can't find him. So Buffy hires Spike to find him because he knows the initiative tunnels better than anyone else they know. Instead, Spike tries to get his chip removed by having Harmony hold this doctor hostage. Buffy finds Riley and convinces him to see the doctor, and they track him down just as he's finished working on Spike, but he has faked the operation because he couldn't actually remove Spike's chip. Buffy and Riley kiss and make up, and Spike throws a tantrum, Graham alienates Riley a bit, and then Spike has a nightmare about Buffy. The end. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Competition is a beautiful thing. Oh, dear. Cold open on a graveyard. Uh, we have Buffy pulling her best Batman as she's perched on the roof of a mausoleum. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They do a, a a crane shot of the graveyard here, and it has never looked so much like a set to me. Hmm. Like the like from the ground, it it actually like very convincingly seems like a, a real graveyard. But the moment they did look down on it from a, a crane, looked fake. Hmm. Not sure exactly why, but it did. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember the crane shot terribly well. Yeah, she's patrolling. Riley leaps into the scene, stealing the vamp that she was working on. Well, the first vamp she killed, while it was still in the ground, she didn't even let it get out of the ground. That sucks. That's, that's just rude. Hey, it's spawn camping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's spawn camping. <laughs> that's just not fair play. No, that's cosmic cheating. Kind of pissing me off. She's a troll. She's a bully. <laughs> so, yeah, Riley, she goes to kill the second one. Riley intervenes and intercepts it. Just after he kills one, the second one, a third pops up, and then Spike comes out of nowhere to attack it. Well, for Christ's sake. <laughs> As Buffy says, why do I even bother to show up? Yeah, she shouldn't. Yeah, go home. Take a fucking break. Yeah, seriously. You're overworking yourself. Yeah, I ask myself the same question every day. Every day, Buffy. Why do I even show up? Um, it's certainly not because people that I enjoy are too supportive. Oh, to have your social problems, Buffy. Right. 
She argues with Spike as he tastes of his own nose blood. <laughs> I, thought he, that, I thought that was a really, really funny little add-in. Right. Like, his nose is bleeding and he, he like, tastes it. And she's like, oh, that's so gross. It's oh, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just blood. But he's a vampire, so, like, it's, it's just blood. What's funny is it's, uh, it's basically pig's blood just coming out of his nose. Yeah. Because that's what he's been surviving on. Yeah. Or cow's blood, you know, whichever. Right. <laughs> it's like you already tasted it once bud yeah does it taste better the second time around coming out your nose ew well luckily <laughs> though if you think about it vampires don't breathe so he wouldn't have like snot no that's true yeah you know just it's not like their flesh necrotizes it's got weird i mean but they have to still have mucus membranes or something otherwise making out with the vampire would just be really dry oh god yeah oh god that sounds <laughs> moving on yeah or bloody oh oh also god. gross yeah Ugh. their spit would just be blood oh man when There's... you start really trying to apply <laughs> like actual uh biology and physics to vampires they get gross fast, fast really fast <laughs> <laughs> exactly and so Spike, of course, is um, resistant, yeah. to say the least, <laughs> and do what with my spare time? Sit at home, knitting cunning little sweater sets? Buffy's not opposed to this. No, She's like, I mean, would it keep you out of my way? I mean, get on it, Spike. You need money. And then we all get cunning little sweater sets. Yeah. It's a Spike original. <laughs> <laughs> Just knit a little railroad spike onto the chest make toddler sweaters those are the best <laughs> but uh riley backs buffy up she's clearly annoyed with him as well though because he's like yeah you shouldn't be out here spike he gets the dagger glance from buffy but he doesn't really notice it but spike notices yeah and boy does he sink his teeth in fast metaphorically well you know he's he's a vampire that's what he does. He sinks his teeth in things. It's what he does. Yeah. yeah. He, uh... <laughs> but also just Spike as an individual, he upgrades from his fingers in the pie to just fucking raw dog in that pie. Because <laughs> he's got to fucking like meddle with everything. Yeah. He's very manipulative, but in a fun way. Well, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Not in like my grandma way where, she, where she's like. I haven't seen you in six months when it's really only been a month. <laughs> That's just the annoying way that makes it's like, all right, well, it'll be a year next time. <laughs> and just a little longer every time you say that first thing when I walk in the door. Okie doke. <laughs> anyway, Riley and Buffy head out. Riley seems a little insecure of whether or not Buffy really wants him there. And she, you know, shrugs it off. Now she's fine. No, it's and just startled. Yeah sure but the last thing she says in the scene is basically like well do we want to kill spike just for fun nah nah we and then we love him too much it cuts over to spike who like heard every bit of what they were saying and he's like i will know your blood slayer i will make your neck my chalice and drink deep walks off falls in a hole <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Opening credits. Yeah. Pretty much exactly the same moment as when he gets tased and taken yeah. by the initiative. It's like I expect him 
to do something and like the first thing that popped into my head was step into a rake. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. He's got so much range. He can be such a great villain. He can be hilarious. He can also be this complete doofus. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I got the cap of the bottle stuck in my fucking shirt sleeve. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I told you I am off my game today. So. Opening credits. Yeah. Sunnydale University campus in the hallway. Buffy and Willow are debating some history or some shit. And Willow gets uh, all. Fine points about the, the French Revolution. Yeah, Willow gets all gushy about it. You know, my theory is always don't wallow in the novelty of something because you'll ruin it. Do you want to actually be the college kids who debate history? Or you just want to circle jerk yourselves for acting like the smart kids who debate history? Right. You know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> I mean, how shitty would Batman be if every time he was fighting Joker, he stopped and was like, Oh my god, we're like totally super hardcore nemeses. <laughs> like, did you ever think we'd be here and being this hardcore when we were kids, Joker? Or, you know... Like, <laughs> if he's swinging on a grappling hook cli or climbing a wall. Oh my god, let me get a selfie of this because this is going to make a great status update. No. No. I bet he <laughs> does wake up and go, oh, I'm so rich. God, look how swole <laughs> I am. <laughs> rich. Yeah, but he grew up rich. It's not like he earned it. That's why he'd have a big head about it. <laughs> Because, so you much. know, the people who didn't earn it usually act like it's their birthright <laughs> and that they did earn it. I feel like you, Bruce Wayne would just be like, God, I'm so morally superior to everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look how morally superior I am. Oh. But yeah, there's uh, Willow makes a bad joke about, you know, having to watch her back, the back of her brain. Guess I should watch my occipital lobe. <laughs> Buffy doesn't get it or not. <laughs> right <laughs> but i like i liked buffy's line here it says don't worry will you still wear the smarty pants in the family mm -hmm. and you know luckily for them it's kind of built into their characters to wallow in the novelty of all of this yeah. shit going on because they're established as insecure young people that are just feeling their way through life and are they're very often put in extraordinary situations to the point where when something just straight up nerdy happens it just actually surprises them because yeah. they don't wallow in the novelty when they're off killing vampires and doing magic yeah well i mean when you think about it their normal life is a novelty like how you're right how often do they really get to just stand in the middle of a college and like talk about a college lecture that they had yeah hey look how normal we are <laughs> so no i think i would totally want like just Wallow in it. So that's more worth wallowing in, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, they're arguing about the French Revolution or sh some shit, and I am emphatically not a history buff, and it would have cost as much time for me to sit <laughs> and trying to actually study what the fuck they were talking about to try and wrap my head around it to see if it actually has any fucking relevance to all what's right. going on at all other than some sort of... Well, basically, one of the figures that they're talking about was... Uh murdery and buffy's point is that he sounded very much murdery in a i'm a vampire sort of way right and that that's pretty much the gist of it 
Yeah, no, I'm that's the point I'm making is I'm wondering if a history buff who's extremely familiar with these historical figures and these situations that they're talking about, I wonder if it would have a much closer parallel to the plot lines that we're seeing. Hmm, that is interesting. I, I didn't think of that. But yeah, I just don't have the time to look yeah, into that kind of no. shit. God, no. So if, also, there's, if there's any history buffs out there, like, is it just a random topic that they picked or is there more to it? I'd be curious. But I mean, also, if you if you want to read about one hell of a clusterfuck of a time, you know, French Revolution's up there on the list. Okay. Like, there's a lot of shit going on. A lot of shit and a lot of people dying. It's not a happy time. If someone ever asks you, do you ever want to live in another time? You say no. <laughs> right. I want to live in the time where there is medicine and antibiotics, for fuck's sake. Yeah, no, the less, <laughs> the further you go back, even just fucking 20 years ago, Yeah, medicine was fucking scary. Medicine is still fucking scary, if you ask me, and we're at the height of our goddamn science yeah. thing stuff there. Moving along. So, yeah, Buffy's talking about how busy she is, and then they're like, oh, speaking of being busy, we got I gotta go train, let's go to the magic the magic box. Yeah, working hard is hard work. Oh, I didn't know it was gonna be so much work. Work, 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 work. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> and they, you know, head to the magic box with more rousing debate. Yeah, time to fuck off to training, and Willow is welcome to join her, therefore they fuck off. Well, this guy wants to fight with weapons. I've got it covered from A to Z. From axe to the other axe. I'm fairly certain I said no interruptions. Cut to the, the magic, magic box. box. And Xander's cutting some wood. Him and Giles having a good laugh over yeah, how, apparently. How, how great written plans are. And uh, Xander's enjoying some nice self-deprecating humor, insinuating that he used to measure once and cut twice. Yeah. <laughs> Messy. <laughs> Wait, that's... Can you... Jeez. Oh, I don't know. I'm just not too <laughs> fond of the implication that because Xander is so stupid or something, he's resorting to skilled labor. Because I feel like no, I that's... Don't, I don't think that's what they're going for. I think they're... I think they're implying that he's more of an adult now and he just actually like has learned something about carpentry and knows what he's fucking doing. Yeah, but I I also I feel like the subtext behind everything throughout this entire show in terms of Xander anyway is oh, he's not as smart and as clever. He's not talented enough to be a witch like Willow. He's not strong enough to be a badass like Buffy. He's not smart enough to be an academic like Giles or Willow or a computer nerd and he still lives at his mom's house so he's a loser. But um, then he gets into carpentry and he's just he's the heart um, because he's the blue collar laborer and I just feel like they look down on it and not necessarily because the other characters are looking down on him so much as they give him so much self-deprecating humor and nobody is like no what you're doing is valuable except I, okay. Giles was like, like oh it's it's really pretty or something it just still feels condescending to me. I think right now it's just a, a question of the transition 
that Xander's character is making in this season uh, with the previous episode, basically him coming out of that stage that he was for season four, where he was just this fucking chaotic mess. And now he's solidifying into something more. I think there's maybe a little, a little bit of that, but I think this is more of a sign of him actually having some amount of respect because, you know, he's, he's a, doing a good job like he knows carpentry i mean for fuck's sake it seems like giles was happy to have him building some shelves and shit like yeah you know it wasn't like oh i'm not gonna let you do it xander you're gonna fuck it up you know like he's doing good work yeah he is that's that's not my point my point is that it feels like it's the oh good you found your place beneath us is really how it feels and that is portrayed through all of his self-deprecating humor. I I, th- I can kind of see what you mean, but I don't know that I I it's, think it's I don't think it's going quite in that direction. I find it extraordinarily light and subtle, just like the fact that we know that there was a lot more sexism going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and then was purportedly, supposedly, this was supposed to be a super progressive show for its time, and it was for its time. I couldn't help but notice just this episode how many of the female characters had bare midriffs. And I'm like, was that the style at the time? Oh, or was that, that something that they told them to do because it ups ratings? Might be both. Maybe both. I don't know. I don't know enough about style. I don't know enough I don't know enough about style now, let alone style in the fucking tail end of the nineties. Yeah, me either. Just food for thought. Yeah. So, so uh, anyway, uh, Xander's there doing some carpentry. He's apparently quite good at it and building a shelf. It was like looked like a really good shelf. It did. Tara and Anya are also there. Anya is sort moving some stuff from some shelves to another shelf, reorganizing. Specifically the monkey heads and the sticks water because they're apparently a volatile combination. Yeah, apparently. Do you guys want to be picking monkey brains out of your hair? It's like, well, I didn't know that was an option, but now that you mention it, Anya. Yeah, like, why not? <laughs> I'll try anything once. <laughs> you know, like, whoa. Sometimes you just get really bored and you're like, you know what? Let's explode some monkey heads. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to see some shit explode. If monkey heads is what you got, monkey heads is what you yeah, got. Yeah, and this was before YouTube. So, like, you could <laughs> yeah. just be like, you know what? I want to watch some shit explode. Now, <laughs> you just, I want to watch shit explode. And all of a sudden, you have hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of videos on YouTube to watch. Oh, well, I think the word you're looking for is hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Quite probably. And you can even watch them in slow motion. Yeah. The best way. So, there's a knock at the door. Giles is answering it. And it's Willow and Buffy. Yay! The stars of the show! And uh, Willow comes in and immediately gushes all over the place, just getting her witch juice everywhere. (laughs) And she's like, oh, wow, this place looks great. I feel like a witch in a magic shop. (laughs) Uh, uh, Never mind. Uh, (laughs) Oh, are these real nude eyes? (laughs) No, no, no. This is one of my quotes of the day. No, too rich for my blood, I'm afraid. No, these are salamander eyes. It's the cataracts which gives them their newt-like appearance. They're really, qu- they're really equally effective, though. 
it's just a matter of overcoming snobbery. <laughs> Good luck with that <laughs> in California. Right? <laughs> but as he says that and steps away from Willow, she just kind of gives him the the side eye like, how dare you? <laughs> Willow would not overcome the snobbery. <laughs> I still think the new name means something. Yeah. And then Xanders talks about doing a blind taste test so that Giles can prove once and for all that generic uh, amphibious, amphibious eyeballs. eyeballs. <laughs> Which I think was a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I would film that. <laughs> I wouldn't partake personally. <laughs> Do you remember that show Fear Factor? Yeah, oh god. Just makes me think of eating a partially developed chicken egg every time. See, that show was like, eight so times stupid. out of ten. Eight times out of ten, that's what they made them eat. Fucking fetus chickens. That show was so stupid. It was you were either gonna have to eat gross shit mm-hmm. or do something quote dangerous. Now, see, here's the thing. The reason, like, the the moment I saw the first episode of Fear Factor, I thought, holy shit, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to do that because I would win. Because they can't contractually put you in a position where you will die. Oh, right. So, like, there's safety equipment and the things that they're giving you to eat. Sure, they'll taste gross, but they aren't going to kill you. Well, it's a reality show. I mean... Yeah, I feel like you could still get salmonella from that. Maybe. I wouldn't. Oh, just, I don't care how much money you get. The bones and the fur and the beak alone, just, ugh, fucking no. Well, it's not fur, they're feathers. They're proto feathers. Well, they're, yeah, they're tiny little fuzzy furry feathers. <laughs> Fuck you, they're basically fur. Anyway, after all the newt banter. They're, they're fuck you fur. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, after all the newt banter, Giles is like, oh, do you want to do some training, Buffy? And they're like, oh, yeah, let's do some training. And they fuck off in back. Uh, We get a a quick little aside with Tara and Willow. Tara is talking about hiring a psychic. They should hire a real psychic. Willow's like, oh, but you could be the psychic. You're really good about it. You could do it. Tara's like, no, someone else. Willow's like, oh, no, here, practice on me. And gives Tara her hand. But all that Tara can see is how very, very gay she is for Willow. (laughs) Yep. So, so gay. So gay. (laughs) She looks at Willow's hand and Willow's like, what do you see? And she just very kind of shyly looks at Willow and goes, Willow hand. (laughs) I mean, I can't blame her. I'm pretty gay for Willow myself. (laughs) I, you know, I once told my ex-girlfriend that I was totally gay for her. She was like, you can't be gay for me. I'm a woman. <laughs> and she's a man now. So who won that argument? <laughs> I was not expecting that. Holy shit. <laughs> It's on tape. He to fucking laughed his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. 
I sure did. <laughs> Fucking cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I'm not in your room. I'm in the hallway. The hallway doesn't belong to you. Mom, I can stand in the hallway, right? My friend Sharon's older brother knows a girl who died because she choked on her boyfriend's tongue. So Buffy walks into the back of the magic <sighs> shop and gets tackled with some faux villain music. Um, but, oh, thank God, it's just Riley. Yep. And they get up and she's all like, what the fuck, bro? For the second time this episode. He's got the, this episode, he has the fucking energy of a chihuahua. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I find it greatly annoying. <laughs> I think his heart rate's about the same as well. Yeah. Of, of a resting <laughs> chihuahua. <laughs> Yeah, I even wrote that. It was like, he's just an excited puppy who's all like, come on, I bet you can't take me. What you afraid of? Some competition? And uh, she's just so clearly just annoyed by him. <laughs> she's like, bitch, I could suplex you with one arm. <laughs> yeah. So there's only like a fraction of a second that we get of that before she notices this amazing training room yeah. that they've made for her. And it's a magical world of imagination. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't look Listeners, like... you couldn't see it, but he was doing the head motion and everything. It was perfect. Imagination. <laughs> Where Xander used his imagination <laughs> to make the fucking training dummy. And boy, he just won't shut up about it. What did he say? He's the dummy man? He's the dummy man. Yeah, more I mean, self-deprecating humor yeah. here. It's not not funny. I just don't like self-deprecating humor as much as I used to. Yeah. You know, it seems self-defeating. I think I've just spent too many years of my life now of building my friends up so that people are fucking happier. It's more important to me to build people up and have them build me up. And, like, let's all stop talking shit about ourselves. Right? Like, yeah, like, I get self-deprecating humor. The idea is that you make fun of yourself before others do, and it's a defense mechanism. But really, in the long run, you're just opening yourself up to more criticism and it paints a picture for people of to see you as what you specifically don't want them to see you yeah. as and they will start to see you that way oh he just has low self-esteem and cracks jokes about it all the time Ugh, that doesn't sound draining at all yeah. except for the part where it really is yeah. yeah unless done like specifically really well on stage for stand-up comedy Right. And even yeah. then, you still have to have a certain biting edge of sarcasm about it that yes. kind of makes it cancel itself out. But this is just straight up deprecating humor and not in that setting. So I don't like it. You hear me, Joss? <laughs> Fuck <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Change your goddamn show. Yeah. And while you're at it, go jump off a bridge. <laughs> right? <laughs> I heard he's blacklisted now anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's hardcore blast so blacklisted. blacklisted. Fucking love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, but I do. You know what I mean. Yeah. Super talented, but holy fuckballs, what an asshole it turns out. Yep. Anyway. It's a very pretty training room. It is. Yeah. Uh, It's got some stuff in it and some space. The space is my favorite part. I'm very lacking on interior space in general. Yeah. 
I know you can relate. I say from my <laughs> just under 300 square foot fucking apartment. Yeah, I'm sitting in the dining room while Rex is sitting in the kitchen, and I can pretty much put an arm into his bedroom if I tried hard enough. Yeah. Um, if that gives you an idea of the scale of his <laughs> apartment. And we're only about three feet away from each other. And my living room is the porch. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> during the warmer seasons. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, quote of the day here, Buffy's like, thank you guys so much. You're like my fairy godmother and Santa Claus and Q all wrapped up into one. Q from Bond, not Star Trek. <laughs> the look on Xander's face is like, mm, yes. <laughs> Personally, I was like, thank you so much for specifying because I honestly thought she meant Q from Star Trek. Really? Yeah. I didn't I didn't go that route at all. It didn't even occur to me that there was a Q in Bond, but I'm more familiar with and like Star Trek more. So and I then was it's, really into James Bond when I was a kid. So Yeah, I was like Q isn't a benevolent giving sort. Unless he really wants something. Yeah. He's the manipulative type who can give you whatever you want, but he's a pain in the ass mostly. He's kind of like a cat. (laughs) Right? (laughs) He can give you what you want. Cuddles and love, but he won't until you feed him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Ah, exactly. Cut over to Spike's lair. Yes. Spike is watching fucking Dawson's Creek. (laughs) Or at least I'm assuming that's what he's watching. I, I actually looked it up in the wiki just to make sure mm-hmm. it's Dawson's Creek. Okay, because he said uh, something about, uh, Pacey, you idiot. You know she doesn't love you. And I was like, Pacey? Who the fuck is Pacey? Turns out Pacey Witter, he's the main character uh, played by Joshua Jackson on fucking Dawson's Creek. So that's hilarious. Um, yep. My brother was into Dawson's Creek. And you know how I know that I don't like Dawson's Creek? Because your brother was into it? Because my brother was into <laughs> Dawson's Creek. And also I saw like a uh, episode and I was like, wow, this is pretentious shit. Oh, it's a lot of pretentious <laughs> shit. I, however, have watched way too much of that fucking show. When high schoolers are talking like they're in their 30s, no thanks. Yeah. I'm good. As opposed to, you know, this this show, which we have 30-year-olds talking and pretending they're high schoolers. <laughs> right? You're not wrong. <laughs> and even when they were in high school, they still just felt like smart high schoolers. Yeah. Not necessarily older. Anyway, uh, Harmony comes barging in, and uh, she's on the lamb. She's running and hiding from Buffy. On the lamb? Yeah. I So I remember her saying that. I've never heard that phrase. I I don't know where it comes from, but it basically means running like running from the police. You're on the lam. Interesting. All right. Cool. That's another American idiosyncrasy then, I guess. Or yeah. uh, what's not idiosyncrasy? What's the word? Idiom? Yeah. Do, 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 do. But yeah, Harmony barges in. As per usual, you can just feel the black hole of the center of the Milky Way galaxy pull just a little harder to counteract the vacuous void of her vapid stupidity. And also, she is, after all, the center of her own universe, so it stands to reason it would cause galaxies to shift. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyway, she thinks Buffy is on her tail and now considers her her arch nemesis. Yep, and she's taken up smoking because that's what villains do. Won't you be my nemesis? That's Jonathan Colton song. Yes. It's a good one. So it's she, Jonathan Colton. Yeah. I mean. Well, he's got some bad songs, but 
he also very much operates on the if I put enough shit out there, <laughs> I will definitely have a couple of hits. He he operates with this the Stephen King methodology. Exactly. And it works. <laughs> yeah. But boy, are some of his songs shit. <laughs> First one probably the number one top one that comes to mind is uh You will be soft rocked by me. Though it may take some time, I know eventually you will be soft. It's very nice guy-ish and yeah. kind of gross. Uh, <laughs> also hilarious, but gross. In the end, everything we love is toxic. Yeah. Well, we're 90s kids. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying. We're trying so hard. God, speaking of toxicity, Harmony's desperate for a place to live and shield to anything. Anything? The quote is, oh, you mean, will I have sex with you? Well, yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Jeez, Spike, you could have just had her cleaning for you, but it looks like you lowballed yourself, huh? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, if anything, she should be paying him for sex, not paying with sex. Right? Like, he's a very pretty man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. but like I have things to say about that later, <laughs> mind you. That's interesting. I can't wait. Uh, but he takes his shirt off, man. I That's kind of what I thought you were mentioning. <laughs> also, sometimes the way his throat moves, I'm just like, man, that's a good throat. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking Adam's apple's like, bound, like a fucking bouncy ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, she took up smoking because she's a villain now. <coughs> yeah, about fucking time. If I were a vampire... <laughs> I would be smoking literally every second of every day. <laughs> She's smoking Virginia Slims. Were they? Yeah. You sure? I'm pretty sure. No. Did you see the package? No. Virginia they, Slims are way skinnier than are, that. They're hundreds. They're just hundreds. Well, they they fucking looked like they looked like it to me because I had an aunt who smoked Virgin, Virginia Slims. I've smoked and it Virginia Slims. Like the stupidest fucking thing. Virginia Slims are literally the circumference of a sucker stick. Oh god. They were not that skinny. <laughs> well, they were they were they were def they definitely looked slimmer than normal cigarettes. They they looked marketed to the ladies. I really thought they just looked like normal hundreds, maybe light hundreds, but that doesn't affect the circumference. So anyway, hi everybody. Today <laughs> is my three-year marker of three years not smoking. I thought that was actually quite hilarious because you posted that on Facebook and then I watched the episode <laughs> and this episode is like filled with smoking. Right. I'm like, wow, that's that's kind of funny. I mean, dude, when you're quitting smoking as a non-smoker, you have no idea oh, I'm, how yeah, much I'm, smoking there is in TV and movies. I'm You can't positive, fucking yeah. get away from it when you're trying not to. I can imagine. I don't notice it nearly as much anymore, but oh my God. Because well, you're three years out, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Spike uh, basically puts the scare in harmony, saying that she'll have to kill Buffy in order to escape. Because Buffy will never stop. Will never stop hunting her down. And Harmony's like, well, can you kill her? And he's like, no, I can't. I have this chip in my head. And... Oh, sorry, pet. Yeah. <laughs> I bloody can't. I've got this chip in my head. Uh, yes. <laughs> Honestly, I think Buffy's already forgotten about her. 
Well, yeah, but that the point is... Like, oh, she can't get into my house anymore? Commence laughing raucously. Yes. Over how stupid she is. I mean, the point here is, is that Harmony's not in danger in the least. She's not on the lam. No one fucking cares. Spike knows no one fucking cares. And he's just playing her because he wants to kill Buffy. Do you think she really thinks that Buffy's after her? Yes. Okay, I think... I think she is that dumb. You, you don't think she was trying to use that so that she could use Spike? No, I think that she is completely sincere in what she is saying here. And she believes that she is now Buffy's arch nemesis <laughs> and must take up smoking to, to be a proper arch nemesis. Okay, I agree. Because based on how stupid they've established her character to be, or rather built up her character to be over the last several episodes yeah. that she's been in, I agree. But there was also this possibility that maybe they're trying to convey that she's using this angle to try and use Spike, but she's so dumb that she's just being used back instead. I mean, she is trying to use Spike. She's trying to use Spike, but she's not lying to try and use him. Right. She's delusional and trying to use him based on her delusion that she's in trouble. And delusional that she could ever... Right. Oh, use, yeah. Like, she ever manipulate... Ever manipulate Spike into doing anything he didn't want to do. Precisely. Yeah. Um, yay! Harmony and Spike are back together. Yeah. I find that really fun. I think they're a hilarious duo. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> I know it doesn't last much Harmony longer. Harmony fucking annoys the hell out of me. I I fucking <laughs> hate the, the vapid airhead character bullshit. Like that, that character uh, stereotype. Trope. Yeah, the trope. I hate that trope. I fucking hate it. Eh. For the most part, I agree, but I still kind of enjoy it. I've I've come to enjoy it. When they first got together, it was like, what the fuck are they doing? This is stupid. But it is what it is. It's still kind of funny. There's a great deal of myth about Dragon. Imagine the trick to defeating him lies in separating the fact from the fiction. What kind of an unholy creature advances cheap? Statue. Cut to Riley's place post coitus. Oh dear. <laughs> you went there. Yeah, well, the you used the C word. Yeah. <laughs> they obviously had sex. They said it. Was it moist? I imagine so. I imagine so as well. <laughs> Dry sex is not anyone's good time. Oh my god. How many people just threw up in their mouth a little bit? <laughs> I want to show hands. Okay. <laughs> Can people just send pictures of their hands, please? <laughs> or a gif. <laughs> or even, uh, there's probably an emoticon. Oh yeah, there, there's definitely a, a, an emoji. Yeah, so Buffy's clearly all sexed out. She and specifically turns onto her side away from Riley, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, that night's over. <laughs> but Riley quickly manipulates his way right back into her vagina <laughs> by saying, I mean, I guess if you're tired, she's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I have the strength of ten men. <laughs> yeah, let's see if that drops your erection. <laughs> 
<laughs> you you want to fuck me? That's like fucking ten men, Riley. You up for that? And that's precisely the way he fucking takes you that. You want to raw dog ten men? He's like, well, maybe ten women. She's like, fine. Whatever will get me to sleep faster. <laughs> I think I now figured out what's wrong with my neighbors. Yeah? Government experiment, and now their heart rates are that of chihuahuas. <laughs> So they have to fuck like bunnies. Yes. There it is. Okay. <laughs> and still in Buffy's house later the next day, and now we're in the kitchen. Dawn is talking about how every kid tries to make the substitute teachers cry, and Joyce reacts in an actual mature manner. You know, disapproving. Well, okay, she's normally disapproving, but yeah. this time I approve of her disapproval. Right. Like, Don't do that. She's also not disapproving <laughs> in a bad way yeah like she's not being toxic about how she's disapproving yeah she's just like that's fucked up why would you do that yeah, don't don't do that it's already such a difficult job that's mean as don't be mean as someone who you know did that i don't know <laughs> if i can I, I have no ground you're a sick individual i mean i was a disturbed child <laughs> <laughs> i mean would you consider yourself not a disturbed adult i leveled out okay I'll take your word for it. <laughs> anyway, Dawn is pouring out all of the cereal. It looked like kicks or something. It it was sugar bombs. Uh, and I have to mention this because sugar bombs is a cereal from Calvin and Hobbes. Hmm. Because Calvin in several comics wanted chocolate covered sugar bombs. And so the fucking goddamn cereal box is a nod to Calvin and Hobbes. That's funny. Yeah. I like references. It's also, by the way, a cereal that has shown up in Fallout games as well. Oh. So says the Wikipedia. Oh, neat. That would have been where I recognized it from first, if at all. But I did not. I didn't look at the box. I was paying too much attention to the scene. Well, it's, I think it's just the name. I don't think the the box is the same. In, the in logo? This. Yeah, I don't okay. think. Okay. Just the name Sugar Bomb. So she wants the toy out of the box, yeah. or whatever the hell Emptied it is. Emptied all the fucking cereal out of the goddamn box. And somehow, according to Joyce, this is a sign that she's growing up. That she doesn't want the cereal, but she does want the toy. I completely disagree. I mean... The toys are dumb, and so cheap, and just they're for, like, seven-year-olds, not 15-year-olds. But... You'll always crave sugar for the rest of your life, especially if you don't specifically quit sugar and get unaddicted to it, like the American diet has most people. Yeah. And See, I've, never, I've never really craved sugar. Like, most of my life, I've never really been much for sugar. Uh, I've had horrible sweet tooth issues, definitely. Um, For me, it's always been things like beef jerky. Mm-hmm. Salt, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, salt is a problem I have. Sugar, <laughs> not so much. But Joyce is strangely unannoyed when she's like, no, I don't, I'd rather have an omelet. She's like, okay, <laughs> one omelet coming right up. And uh, I'm thinking, maybe I just grew up so poor and with such an emotional train wreck of a parental situation <laughs> that I was scared of completely banal things like... If I had done that with the cereal and my mom saw that, I'd have, right? gotten, I'd have gotten my shit reamed. Right? Dude, I never I, in dude. a million years would have done that right in front of her. Right? <laughs> I was thinking the same goddamn thing. Like, I 
I was scared. the moment that Joyce was like perfectly okay with what has transpired. Yeah, I was like, well, she's a better parent than I've ever had. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I was scared sometimes to eat more than two bowls of cereal. Because if we burned through it too fast, that would also set her off, you know? And it's just like, wow, that really puts into perspective how fucking poor we were growing up. That the price of a box of cereal was a trigger point. And that just shows me how not poor Joyce is. Because she's like, you don't even want cereal, huh? Who gives a fuck? You want an omelet? All right, here you go, kid. Knock yourself out. Then, then then she could have poured the cereal into the fucking garbage and Joyce would have been like, you're so unique, Don. <laughs> Look how unique you are. You just do what you want to do, huh? And then Don requests ketchup for her omelet and that gives Don that gives Joyce an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's fucking Wow, for once Joyce reacted in a good way about something and I'm still just utterly baffled, but and then she looks like she's having a stroke. Sounds like she's having a stroke and then passes out. Yeah, she looks at she looks at Don and she's like, "Who are you?" And then she collapses. And Don immediately calls the police. Yeah, I I guess the question of the hour I'm wondering about is uh did she really have an aneurysm/stroke or is the magic that has or the spell or whatever that's brought Don into their lives fucking up somehow? Or did the stroke cause the magic okay. to fuck up somehow? I ha- this is my theory because, and I know this is not this is never, as far as I am aware, uh, established. No spoilers because I don't remember at all how this gets resolved with Dawn. Right. I, as far as I'm aware, this is not established uh, as any reasoning, um, because the the point of this is to foreshadow that Joyce will eventually die. Sure. It it okay. it. it Definitely like doubles it, up as that. Yeah, it, it's to foreshadow that. My theory is that the sickness is real. It's just normal. Like Joyce was going to die in the in the, the the same span of time, no matter what. And her having whatever brain shit that she's having that causes her death later is fucking up with the brain whammy that the spell has done on their memories. Yeah. So, yeah. the The last thing you said, so, yeah. that the her whatever is the, wrong the with her is fucking with the spell. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Uh, and that that's definitely how I read it. And the other reason I back that is before the other instance that we had that something was up with Dawn was a crazy man on the street. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Ah, so people that have abnormal brain chemistry exactly. are able to see through the spell or are exempt exactly. from it for whatever reason. Yes. That makes oh, that makes that a pretty solid theory then. Yeah. And well and also there there is it's not so much a cliche or trope, but there is kind of a, a pattern of stories with the idea that people who have mental issues can see something beyond the the base reality that you know neurotypical people can Hmm. it's a pretty common thing that oh there he's crazy but he can actually see real things okay that's that's my theory but i don't think they say at all in this episode what it was that caused her to collapse nope they glossed right over it as soon as riley becomes the focal point which we're about to get to. So yep. uh, Don calls Buffy and the police and the ambulances and woo, woo, woo. 
Um, so, <laughs> did you get that reference? Um, oh, man. <laughs> so we're at the hospital. Uh, Buffy and Riley come. They uh, come rushing on in. They find Dawn in the waiting area. They're greeted by this intern dude who's doing the whole "I'm super cool and good with kids" act, and. So he had lent his stethoscope to Don, you know, because you can't permanently damage your hearing with those things or anything. And uh, Buffy's talking to the intern dude, and the audio of the scene flips over to what Don is hearing. And so we only hear Buffy and the doctor muffled over Don's intense yeah. ability to hear heartbeats and whatever she's doing with the stethoscope. So she puts it up to the doctor, and she hears thump, 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 thump. Yep. Then Norm, normal heart rate. Normal heart rate. Then Buffy's heart, also a, a distinctly different and stronger, like you would suspect of the Slayer. Still, very normal heart rate. Thump, 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 thump. And then Riley's heart rate, which is like... You scared the cat. It's a whole jazz band. Yeah. That's it's swing jazz. His heart's doing swing jazz. <laughs> it's like listening to the radio at 3 a.m. Don't do it. But yeah, jazz band heart. <laughs> exactly. That's a medical term. Yeah, it's it's, it's not great. It sounded uh, it sounded shitty. And yeah. apparently everybody agreed because we cut to a back room of the hospital where the doctor was all but begging him to stay because something is definitely wrong with She's like, if I strip naked, will you stay? He's like, nah, I got Buffy here. And she's like, I can't blame you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, his heart rate was 150. Resting, yeah. Holy fucking shit. That's pretty fucked up. The only time I've ever had a 140... Uh, one time I had a 140 resting heart rate because I was having a panic attack from weed. Didn't go to the hospital, though, you know, because it settled down on its own. Had it kept up, though. Yeah. Dude, my fucking heart rate was on on my long bike rides when I'm really hauling ass is not really any hi- much higher than that. It's around about 150. That is yeah. A, yeah, that's a heavy activity heart like rate. Like that. Holy shit. Yeah. So the doctor's begging him to stay because something is definitely wrong with him and he's refusing treatment and it's just like fucking exactly the opposite of every visit to the hospital I've ever had. Right. Um, they're like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm like, I swear to God there is. Please treat me. No. Whereas no. this is like, there is something fucking wrong with you. And he's like, no, I'm fine. Meh. I feel fine. I'll walk it off. <laughs> and Buffy's like, what the fuck, bro? Well, he was trained by the military, so of course he'd be like, uh, I'll walk it off. Yeah. I literally, uh, one of our, he was my science teacher, but he was also, uh, I want to say a football coach when I was in high school. He what was, is up with that? The fucking science teachers being football coaches. Yeah, I don't fucking know, dude. I don't fucking know. But he was infamous for telling kids to walk it off. Oh, God. And I hope he got fired from it from some. I'm sure he didn't. One time, I seriously sprained my ankle, and I asked him to look at it. He was like, "Walk it off." Uh, I mean, he's not a fucking doctor; he's a sports coach. So, what's he yeah. gonna do anyway? But no, I'd heard that for years before that, and I'm like, "Oh wow, he really is just that much of a dismissive dickbag." Cool. So yeah, uh, just the doctor's like, "Okay, fine. I guess if you're not gonna listen to me, I'm. I'll release you." And, it's like, uh, all right, fuck off. It's your heart. 
Uh, Don and Joyce enter. Joyce is well, fine. No, no, no. She, he has a little conversation with Buffy before they come oh, in. Yeah. So the doctor fucks off, and Buffy's like, what the fuck? He's like, I was a lab rat for quite a while. He says months. I want to say it was longer than months, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, all the more reason to go get some real fucking treatment. But okay, asshole, fine, don't. And then Joyce and Don come in. Yep, Joyce is fine. No one knows what the fuck happened. Like, eh, you passed out. It happens. I mean, they did some tests. Um, and she seems fine now, so there's no reason to not. They probably told her she just needed more orgasms. <laughs> is that a thing? It used to be a thing. Wow. It, I Well, I don't think it's a thing now, but I could be wrong. It sounds like something they do in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. You should take up smoking and you need more orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> Your lady health is on the fritz. <laughs> something like that. Oh, you're passing out? How about some iron supplements? <laughs> but anyway, her tests are done. So, yep. and Riley takes full advantage of this. He's like, "Yeah, we should go." And they all <laughs> fuck off together. I will always be here for you. And you've got Mr. Giles and your friends. Believe me. There's nothing to be afraid of. Back at Buffy's house, Willow, Don, and Buffy are all standing around trying to take care of Joyce. Uh, really just being kind of overbearing, honestly. I'd be more stressed out. Right. Um, and she's more concerned about Riley than about herself. Understandably so. She feels fine. and But Riley says he feels fine. If I had a resting heart rate of 150, I would not feel fine. No. No. Um, <laughs> Buffy tells Joyce not to worry, because he's not worried, therefore neither should they. Cut to Buffy being worried. <laughs> yeah. She's in Up her bedroom in, now with yep. Willow and Dawn. Yeah, and Buffy's pretty upset that Riley isn't worried about the heart rate, which, you know, valid. Yeah. Willow suggests calling the initiative, but Buffy doesn't know how anymore. A quarter of the day here. After Willow's like, oh, you should talk to the initiative, Buffy says something along the lines of, like, I have no way of getting a hold of them, and the initiative doesn't exist anymore. And then she says, it's so unfair. It's like Big Brother can spy on you all the time, and the second I have something to say, no one will listen. And then Dawn, under her breath, says, sounds more like Big Sister to me. Yeah, I actually had that one, too. Because, mo mostly because... You know, Dawn said a few things now, and, like, Buffy's just like, the fuck are you even talking about? Yeah, Buffy's being very dismissive. To be fair, before Dawn's suggestion at the end, she was completely off topic. It was pretty useless stuff. Like, it was about the government. Because it's, what, like, poisoning? The CIA's attempts to assassinate Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro with poisoned aspirin and itching powder in his beard. I wonder if that's true. I looked this up. What she said was not ways that they actually tried to kill Fidel Castro, but they're up there in weirdness and like bizarre, <laughs> like, wow. Interesting. Yeah. It's some fun reading. So yeah, Buffy's all, man, it's not fair that they can spy on me, but I can't get in touch with them. And so Don actually geniusly suggests, well, then why don't you just fucking say something anywhere that you know they can hear you? Yeah. And Buffy's like, Shh. Shut up. <laughs> That's... I, I have to go. 
<laughs> yeah, and Dom's like, did I say, what did I say? Like, yeah. she thought that Buffy left upset, but it's like, no, that was brilliant fucking work. Yeah. I kind of really appreciate that Dawn finally got to properly contribute something. Yes. To what was going on. Exactly. <laughs> Not for lack of trying all those other times. At least this time she was near the target. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cut to Riley's apartment. Yeah, where Buffy Buffy comes in, picks up the phone, says to the fucking dial tone that Riley's in trouble and needs help. Did you hear when she picked up the phone that there was this distinct, unusual click? Yes. Before she got the dial tone? I was like, oh yeah, there's somebody on the other line there. Fun fact, is not a thing that real tapped phones do. Oh, they wait. used to mm-hmm. in the like, fucking 50s. But they don't now. Lame. It's all digital. They don't fucking need to make noise. Well, sure, now. I mean, but we were still on a pretty totally analog. Well, actually, they might have been. They were very close to transitioning over to, because, yeah, everything's digital now. Anyway, whatever. Uh, Riley, cut to Riley's playing some basketball with some fucking guys. Yeah. Who knows who they are. And he finishes playing basketball with these fucking guys and he walks away. And Graham is sitting there on a bench. Yeah. He's like, this son of a bitch. What's up, Graham? And Graham's all like, shut up, Riley, we're going to fix you. And Riley's like, hey, no, I don't trust you. Don't do that. Graham's like, well, I wasn't asking. And Riley's like, well, ask this. And then he fucks him up with him and his buddies. I I got a quote from Riley from this scene. Uh, During the back and forth, Graham, I I didn't write down what Graham said, but Riley replies with, very convincing, makes me completely want to put myself under government control. Please, take me to where they can make me unconscious and naked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Riley's motives are piss poor for why he doesn't want whatever is wrong with him fixed. But I totally understand him not wanting to go to the government to fix it because they started the shit. completely, which is why I'm completely confused that he didn't just stay and get taken care of by the normal doctor. Yeah. Because he hasn't been on those drugs for a while. He hasn't had the chip in him for a while. You would think this would be something they could solve with normal medicine at this point. But then again, not knowing his medical history, it might be a bit more tricky. (laughs) Hey, Doc, just so you know, I used to have this chip in my chest that was connected to my nervous system. Um, Completely experimental, by the way. Completely experimental. Cutting edge Uh, technology, but the inventor's dead now? Also, you should probably not try and research anything to do with it. Yeah, the black... The black suits will definitely show up at your door. You might be black bagged. (laughs) Uh, Maybe a dark room, probably a box and never see the the light of day again. I mean, you know, just spitballing here. I know it might seem a bit over the top and it's not. (laughs) Just I promise. (laughs) So. But hey, go ahead and fix my heart rate. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. (laughs) So he fucks up Graham and all his guys, and he runs. He runs! Back at the campus, Graham is talking to Buffy, and uh, they've been on his case for weeks about it, apparently. And see, this is the moment where it's like, hey, you're an asshole, Riley. Oh, right? Because he fucking knew. Yeah. He wasn't just finding out about this, which explains why he was so calm about it. Yeah. Kind of. Personally, I'd be like, something's wrong with me? I knew it! Fucking fix me, finally, do it. 
So anyway, Buffy squeezes out of him that it was some sort of hyperadrenal overload and a bunch of other shit that his heart can't handle. They didn't want to bog us down with details. I don't blame them. And they've got a doctor lined up for him, and now they want Buffy to get him in there. I'm actually really fucking glad they didn't bog us down on details because they didn't have to fucking pull a bunch of weird-ass, inaccurate medical jargon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was great. Moving along. Hyperadrenal overload. Perfect. All I need. Yep. And uh, so she's on it. And he's like, and Buffy. <laughs> if you tell me to hurry, I will kick your ass. I will fucking punch you in the nuts. Yes. But also, seriously, like, that trope of, like, after the conversation is done, like, really? You think she didn't get in her head that she should hurry? If anybody has any sense of urgency here, it's truly Buffy. Yeah. She cares the most about him of all these people, it would seem. I mean, Riley doesn't seem to think yeah. that's the case. Right. But here we are. It's a weird situation. Cut to the magic box where we have the Scoobies of the Round Table. Um, yeah, let's call them that. And uh, Buffy's like... Round table. <laughs> was there a round table? Yeah, they were sitting at a round table. I believe you. So <laughs> well, Buffy should, because I'm right. Buffy's like, I can't find Riley. And Xander's like... So this one time I had a crush on you and the thought of unreciprocated Buffy love made me an asshole. And Will is like, the fuck? No, he's actually trying to, very poorly mind you, uh, portray that Riley is experiencing heartbreak because he's in love with Buffy and he thinks that Buffy's not in love with him. Yeah, I get what he's trying to do. But they're reading it as, hey, I once had a crush on you. And Anya's reading it is something completely different. They had no chance of ever understanding where his fucking little uh, I had a friend one time metaphor. Yeah. Because they don't have the information that he has about Riley thinking that Buffy doesn't love him. And, and so it was a really stupid thing for him to attempt to convey knowing that they don't have that information. And so it comes off exactly like, so this one time I had a crush on you and the thought of unreciprocated Buffy love made me an asshole. That's how it sounds to them. And Willow's like, what the fuck? Because that's pretty much what they heard him say. Nobody's like, oh, but he had a friend. He wasn't talking about himself. He was obviously talking about himself. On a positive note, Anya didn't hear that because she heard Xander's friend is Xander who's in love with Anya. You know, and I think that's one of the most charming things about Anya is... She does not get any of that between the lines subtext shit and takes everything very literally. Yeah, um, I like that. It's it's funny at the very least and charming in its own way. So uh, Buffy's like, hey, Xander and Anya, why don't you go check the docks? Willow's like, we'll check the school. And Buffy's like, maybe the old initiative caves, but I don't know them very well. And we got a couple good lines here from Giles and Buffy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had one from Giles. Well, this is where Giles is like, well, uh, we do have an associate who knows those caves like the back of his melanin-deprived hand. And Buffy's response, I'm, I so don't want to deal with Spike right now. Guy is really starting to bug me in that special I-want-to-shove-something-wooden-through-his-heart kind of way. <laughs> Guess that would kill him. I get it. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Willow's like, yeah, that twitchy fuck hasn't murdered anyone in a while. That's probably what's bugging him. <laughs> Buffy's final line here, plus hanging out all day in that moldy crypt. You just know he's doing something nasty. Cut to <laughs> Spike <laughs> and Harmony playing 20 questions. 
I fucking love this exchange. Is it bigger than a bread box? <laughs> no. Is it smaller than a, be- a bread box? No. Harmony, is it a sodding bread box? <laughs> yes! Oh my god, Blondie Bear, you, you're a genius! Oh my god! <laughs> I just really want to know, how do you get it narrowed down to something smaller than or larger than a bread box without first guessing if it's a bread box? I really want to hear the first 17 questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what did he burn his questions on? <laughs> Seriously. Because, <laughs> like... Is it bigger than a bread box is kind of one of your first questions, isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't. I haven't played that game in so long. I'd, I'd have to work it out. Anyway, Buffy, who's apparently been snorting Kool-Aid, barges <laughs> in with a wad of cash and interrupts Spike's obligatory snarky opening comment with, Look, fucker, money. You get Riley to doctor, you get money. To which Spike replies, Oh, dear. Is the enormous hole monitor sick? <laughs> Tell me, is he going to die? My favorite part about it, though, was he was, like, telling her off and, like, basically saying, get the fuck out of my house. Mm-hmm. And she pulls out the money and she's like, say, look at all those pretty pieces of paper. <laughs> yeah. But so, he, he's like, oh, well, you should give me half now and half when I complete the job. So she fucking rips the money in half. Yeah. Now... Speaking of malicious compliance. Right. (laughs) So if the point was to come here to get Spike because Spike knows the the caves, wouldn't it be better to have Spike lead her through the caves? But he just she just says, hey, here's money. Go find Riley. I assumed because she had other places to go look or something. But the next time we see her, she's in the fucking caves. She's in the caves. So, yeah, that makes a lot more sense now that you mention it. Like, I'm. she bust in, said, hey, you need to find Riley. Oh, you don't want to? Here, I'm going to rip this money in half. <laughs> and she's going to fuck off on her own. Why, why bother the time to go by Spikes then? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Plot Hole Emporium, where Rex <laughs> finds a plot hole. Congratulations! Yay! Yeah. Do I get a prize? No! Here, you get all of these $1 bills that are torn in half. Damn it. <laughs> Is it multiple halves? They're all the same halves! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not useful. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> So Buffy fucks off. Harmony pops up out of the crypt and she's like, what'd she say about me? (laughs) Absolutely nothing. You're not the center of anyone's universe except your own. Barely her own, I think. Which is a micro universe. Drake. Can't see why we're something that that's for one thing. I don't find a few demons out to me these days. It's blood. Cut back to the hospital, or what I thought was yeah. the hospital at the time. Or no, it is it the hospital. It was the hospital, where Graham is checking in on the doctor. Is my little buddy going to be all white? <laughs> Enter security guard. Oh, oh, record scratch. Enter Harmony, carrying the unconscious security guard, followed by Spike with a crossbow. Spike gives Harmony the crossbow because, you know, Spike can't use it. You've got yourself a new patient, Doc. 
And yeah, they kidnap the doctor because they Spike wants that uh, pesky little chip removed out of his head. Yeah. And I was like, yes, he's finally going to get that fucking chip out. Let's do it. It's going to be amazing, bro. But no. Hey, hey, spoilers, man. Spoilers. Uh, you spoiled it already. No, I didn't. When did I? Synopsis. Oh, fuck your synopsis in the tit. It's your synopsis. Well, fuck my synopsis in the tit. All right, then. There it is. <laughs> so, anyway, I thought this was a genius move. You know, instead of the no, no, it was. small potatoes of half of the money that he literally can't use. <laughs> I mean, I really thought that was genius of Buffy to tear the money in half yeah. as well. So he, you know, has very little motivation to actually do what Buffy actually said here. And uh, it's found a nearly surefire way to get his chip removed. Yeah. I was like, bam, let's do it. Moving it, this plot along. It would really work better if it just, you know, he had literally anyone else helping but Harmony. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think the doctor really didn't know enough to do it. Yeah. Either that or he knew what could happen if he did. Commercial break. Then we get a super short shot of Buffy in the caves. Then we cut right back to the hospital where Spike has just taken this doctor hostage and the doctor's like, oh, I couldn't possibly. It's too dangerous. And Spike's like, nah, if anything, it's not dangerous enough, Doc. And the doc's like, but I don't have the tools to do it. And he's like, I've got a tool for you right here, mate. And the doc's <laughs> like, meep. And boing, arrow hits the wall. Harmony's like, gosh, darn it. I'm just so excited because no matter how this night goes, it's win-win. <laughs> like you either get the chip out of Spike's head or I get to kill you. Or both. Yeah. Why not both? Why not? Fun night. <laughs> uh, vampire <laughs> party. That's that's what a vampire party is. Yeah. Oh, don't mind me. I think I put too much butter on this crossbow. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The ropes were all slippy. Cut to a scene of harmony just like... Yeah. <laughs> licking the crossbow. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. It's that didn't so actually... No, no butter. No butter on the... No. <laughs> Oh, huh. <laughs> what will we do with you? I think you should lick my butter. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, you've talked me into it. <laughs> okay. Then we cut to Sunnydale High, uh, where we get a Willow Terra scene where it's really only just foreshadowing. Yeah, a little bit. Foreshadowing about Willow using magic when magic isn't really warranted. There was one good line here where they first walk in and Tara's like, this place kind of creeps me out. And Willis says, you should have been here when it was a school. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that as well. <laughs> Tara's all, confound our stupidity for not bringing a flashlight. And Willis like, shut up, you silly bitch. I have magics. And Tara's like, where'd you learn that spell? And Willis like, I took your stupid spell and I made it better. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. It was, it was much nicer than that. Yeah, it was a bit nicer than that. I, <laughs> I have some weird imaginings of how <laughs> conversations go. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Did you notice? I think all our listeners can tell, too. I think it's why they tune in. Well, partly. <laughs> You're only half the show. Entirely. 100%. You're half the show. No, let's be honest. It's probably Edgar. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> We're not that cute. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and uh well, that's pretty much the whole scene. There you go, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cut over Cut to the caves. The caves. <laughs> Where Buffy, you know, doesn't have a guide because she didn't employ 
Spike is a guide for some reason. Yeah, even though she can't use that money anymore now either. No. <laughs> so, damn. Maybe it was counterfeit money that she took along as a prop solely to rip it in half. Well, for the sake of the film shoot, I guarantee that's what well, it was. Yeah, it was definitely. <laughs> it definitely wasn't real money. It wasn't the right color. But canonically, who knows? Yeah. And so Buffy's like, Riley, you have to go to the doctor, <laughs> man. And yeah, she didn't actually need Spike as a guide because she like basically walks right in the cave and she's like, oh, hi, Riley. Yeah. He's just punching a wall. I don't feel anything. This is great. <laughs> and Riley's, yeah, Riley's literally like, but why? Why would I do that? La -da 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 -da. Well, guess what fucking time it is, Rex? What time is it? It's time for a fucking goddamn dramatic reading. Yay! Abridged. Abridged. <laughs> oh, good. This is my deal, Buffy. Just back off. What's happening to you? Best case scenario, they turn me into Joe Normal. Just another guy. And that's not enough for you? It's not enough for you. Why would you say that? Your last boyfriend wasn't exactly a civilian. So that's what this is about. You're going to die all over some macho pissing contest. You're getting stronger every day. More powerful. I can't touch you. I'm not the one running away. Not yet. So I'm bailing because you're not in the super club? It's human nature. You're just sitting back there thinking that none of this means anything to me. I never said that. No, no, do you think that I spent the last year with you because you had superpowers? If that was what I wanted, I'd be dating Spike. Riley, I need you. I need you with me. And I need you healthy. But if you want to throw it all away because you don't trust me, then, then I'm still going to make you go to that doctor. Take me to him. And scene. It was really more of a goat impression at the end there. <laughs> and then... She... I almost kept a straight face through the whole thing. <laughs> and then the end of the scene was my favorite. Cut over a couple more lines there. They're like, whatever. And Riley's like, loving you is the scariest thing I've ever done, Buffy. And then she grabs his tit and she's like, mm. <laughs> oh, that's firm. I don't know why. You have great man boobs. <laughs> it's probably the push-ups. <laughs> right? Uh, well, uh, the I don't know why was in response yeah, to yeah. loving you is the scariest thing I've ever I done. Know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Cut back to... Also push-ups. Right, right. Cut back to Spike <laughs> on the operating table. Yeah, we're... Hey, he's awake. <laughs> yeah, as we find out, suddenly in the middle of the operation, because Harmony starts sticking her dick in the pudding here. Yeah. And I'm like... Get away from the brain surgery, Harmony. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I know she's dumb, but damn. Yeah, she's she's really dumb. Did she also just have complete reckless disregard for Spike's well-being? I mean, she is a vampire. I suppose. I mean, I feel like in the long run, this doctor could have gone in there with fucking chopsticks and some enthusiasm and gotten the chip out and spike would have been fine because he is a fucking vampire what i find particularly interesting here is harmony bef 
before she was a vampire was vapid and idiotic and self-centered and her being a vampire just really accentuated that even further oh yeah very much so that's her superpower vapid stupidity you're not wrong oh i was gonna say uh fun fact by the way they're apparently now i did not fact check this this is just a thing that i've i swear i've read it and i've heard it and i i it sounds true and i really should have fact checked this before i said it but i don't care anymore apparently the brain doesn't have pain receptors in it I've heard that as well. I I believe that to be true. During brain surgery, you don't have to actually do anything to numb the brain. Sure. Which is freaky. Your head, though. Like your skull. I mean, you've got muscles around your skull. That would hurt like motherfucker. Especially your skin and your muscle and your bone. Like your bones, you can feel that shit too, I'm sure. So, I'm not sure... How likely it is that you could do brain surgery on just a local anesthetic. It seems like a piss poor idea. Yeah, I don't know. I do know that... uh, But again, with him being a vampire... You can cut a little square of of skull out Mm -hmm. and remove it Mm -hmm. and then put it back and it should heal in. Neat. Yeah. Fear me! He's so cute! You didn't sense a hyena energy at all, did you? Because hyena possession is just unpleasant. Run, flee, maybe skedaddle. Oh, I miss the free hot dogs on sticks. Anyway, Spike finally threatens her to shut the fuck up like the doctor is asking. Because she's like, ooh, can I touch it? And that's when he opens his eyes and he's right. like, no! And I'm like, yeah, no, get the fuck away from the doctor doing brain surgery. <laughs> Personally, I <laughs> like, oh my, if I were that doctor, I'd be like, get your fucking fingers out of my patient's brain area right the fuck now. Right. Go sit down with your goddamn crossbow and point it at me again. <laughs> I'm more comfortable with that. Yes. Than you being in my fucking surgery space. <laughs> <laughs> cut back to the hospital office where Graham uh, they fucking do this fucking trope where Buffy and Riley come in and as soon as they get in is when Graham and the fucking security guard wake up right good timing yeah Graham explains that Hostel 17 showed up and how many figures it. am I holding up 17 oh geez he's fucked no, Hostel 17. Oh, really? okay, he's fine. How about you just say you start your sentence with Hostel 17 kidnapped the doctor? Because he was just regaining consciousness. I mean, you try getting knocked out. It sounds unpleasant. I've been knocked out. It is unpleasant. There it is. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, where'd they take the doctor? It's a big hospital. No, that would have been too risky. Let's check all the animal hospitals or something. Um, Riley's not doing all that hot. He's all sweaty and kind of grimy looking he's been sweaty and grimy since the caves and uh buffy is just so fucking fed up with spike she's like when i get my hands on spike i'm gonna rip his head off i'm gonna cut to the operating table where spike finishes her sentence bathe in the slayer's blood gonna dive in it swim in it and then harmony blows smoke directly into spike's brain yep which if i were him i'd be fucking furious 
him, like Spike or the Doctor, right, should both be absolutely furious. I don't imagine that Doctor smokes either. No. Like, but it was the early 2000s. It was yeah. much more common. Yeah. Uh, because you could smoke in almost any restaurant at the time still. Anyway, at least the Doc has the balls to say something, even if he is a total tool about it. He's like, you know, that's not really allowed. Harmony's like, says who? And he just looks over to a no smoking sign. Oh, my, oh my God. I'm so sorry. And she was serious. <laughs> Yeah, she was oh serious. Oh, my God. No, I think the doctor was like, man, this woman is an idiot. This will totally work. <laughs> this woman terrifies me. <laughs> but also, yeah, this will totally work. Because he's uh, he's like, oh, I see it. I'm pulling the chip out. Oh, yeah. Clink, clink, clatter, clatter. You get that super satisfying tinny sound. Yeah. Uh, which is what we think is the chip coming out of Spike's brain. He's like, all right, stitch me up then, Doc. Got places to go and slayers to kill. Yep. Commercial. Cut to the Doc stitching uh, Spike on up. And Spike, of course, is about to backtrack on his promise to not hurt the doctor. It's like, oh, don't worry. I'm not going to fill up on the bread. Plenty of room for the main course. But I do need a bit of a snack. The doctor's like, oh, no, don't eat me. Which, you know. Last time I threatened to eat my doctor, this is pretty much how he reacted. Oh, no, don't eat me. I was like, yeah, whatever, doc, shut up. You know, if you're going around threatening to eat your doctors, maybe that's why you have such trouble. Hey, you know, I didn't ask for any opinions from the <laughs> fucking peanut gallery over here. All right. Maybe I'll eat you on the podcast right now. I don't consent to that. With my teeth. I don't consent to that. And my tongue. I don't consent to that. All right. It's it's going to be a mostly tongue work. <laughs> I got yeah. to soften up the skin first. <laughs> That's how cats work, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next hour of this podcast will mostly be Rex going, oh, 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 it's, oh, that's so wet. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. Ugh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Ew. Okay. <laughs> well, we found that line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enter Buffy and Riley. Right in the nick of time, Spike says, uh, this is one of my quotes of the day, I think. Buffy, I swear, I was just thinking of you. I wanted to tell you the great news. My head's all clear now. No more bug sapper in my noggin. <laughs> I liked it too. <laughs> Buffy's like, that just means I get to kill you. And then Harmony accidentally shoots Riley in the leg. <laughs> Very much a, ah, ah, <laughs> we just needed her to shoot him in the other leg. <laughs> No, he Riley seems very unconcerned. No, because he's totally got the adrenal overflow thing going on. <laughs> he doesn't know what... The, he's like, hey, <coughs> you just shot me in the leg. That should probably make me mad. I'm going to fight you now. Yay, fighting. <laughs> so they get fighting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a fight, it's fight, it's fight, fight, fight. Ra, 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 sis, boom, ba. <laughs> Jafar, Jafar, he's our man. <laughs> if he can't do it, great! great! <laughs> yeah, uh, Spike tackles Buffy uh, in the around about the middle of the fight and tries to bite her, but is riddled with pain still. Yep. And she quickly uh, leverages that moment to huck him across the floor next to the doctor, who's like, Ugh, shit, sorry. <laughs> I told you I couldn't do it. 
Yeah, well, that's later, but cut back over to Riley, who appears to have a cardiac event. Spike jumps up to look at the bowl that the doctor dropped the chip into, and it's a a penny. penny. So worthless. Wasn't even a good coin. It was was a penny. Why not a quarter? A quarter would have at least had, like, heft. So, understandably, uh, Spike's a bit pissed. Yeah. And the doctor's like, hey, I fucking told you I couldn't do it. And so Spike and Harmony run, and they fuck right off, and they're back into that fucking graveyard real quick while Spike's complaining and throwing a tantrum. (laughs) Picks up a tombstone and smashes it. Mm Mm-hmm. Buffy, Buffy everywhere, I swear, is it that nasty little... Like she follows me and she tracks me down. I'm a pet project. And it's like very paranoid, really. It's yeah. like, eh, she's not following you. You're just kind of, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> me think he doth protest too much. That too. <laughs> I think it's just fate. It's like Arthur Dent accidentally killing that same fly over and over and over again. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Unlike all of the 20 some odd times that he was reincarnated as a fly. That poor fly. Cut back to the operating room where, damn, that doctor works fast. Riley's all fixed. Riley's all patched up. Buffy and Riley have a moment uh, and she runs off to check on Joyce. Yep, because Riley's back to normal. You can touch me. See? Yeah, I can. I'm going to take full advantage of that in about a week or so. (laughs) Once I heal. Giggity. So, Riley and Graham are chatting in the hallway real quick. Yeah, Graham kind of gives him the third degree about how he's probably bored, he's given up the mission, he should come join the team again. You belong with us, bro. Just like old times. We need to, you know, be military people. Used to have a mission, now you're what? The mission's boyfriend? I'm like, ah, fuck off, Graham. You're just a butthurt little ass bag. Yeah. And uh, I think Riley pretty well agrees with that sentiment so back to spike's crypt where buffy diabetes is her way inside (laughs) and seems steadfast and stalwart that it is high time to put an end to spike's pathetic pestilential existence she's fed up so fed up spike's like all right fuck it you know what he rips off his shirt and he's like end my torment seeing you every day everywhere i go Every time I turn around, take me out of a world that has you in it. Right, that's when he yanks off his shirt. Just kill me. And uh, yeah, he's trying to one up Angel on the shirtlessness. Yeah. Thing. And like, she's like, OK, no, I just can't destroy like, that. Like, damn. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. And then he kisses her. Yeah. Like a lot. Like probably with tongue. Yeah. Yeah. She looks a little surprised. Yeah, and she like backs away and she's like, what the fuck? You bastard. How dare you? And then she kisses him back. I will kiss you more angrily than you kissed me. <laughs> and he's like, oh God, I love you so much, Buffy. And then he wakes up. Closing line is him going, oh God, no. Oh God. Oh God, no. <laughs> Oh, you poor bastard. You poor, poor bastard. Sleeping next to Harmony, having lovey-stovey sex dreams about Buffy. Kirk. (laughs) We said it at the same time. Nice. That's funny. Giggity. Is this for me? I must be ready. 
I need my strength, strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something here, huh? Yeah, I just, you know, I mostly just wanted to point it out with the whole shirtless thing that, like, uh, you know, I'm always going to give David Boreanaz the props he deserves, but, uh, holy shit, James Marsters, holy shit, like, oh, oh yeah. that dude's got abs for days. For days, yeah, <laughs> they're both very pretty men. Yes. Definitely. <sighs> that makes me feel so shitty about myself. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what can I say, we're not. Well, yeah, I'm not a TV star who... Jesus Christ, my cat just fell. <laughs> startled me. I'm not a TV star who, you know, can pay somebody to basically just, you know, torture me for six months to get in shape. Kick your ass into shape. Nor did you grow up in West Coast culture yeah. where you probably can't spit without hitting somebody that can give you pretty good advice. Or where you're just surrounded by people that are doing that kind of shit all the time. And it's probably yeah. fairly commonplace. Um, the fucking Midwest out here, we have to worry half of the year about just not freezing to death. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then the then there's about a month and a half where we have to worry about melting. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. We're currently in the melting phase, and I fucking hate it. I still like it better than the freezing phase. I fucking don't. I know. How'd you <laughs> feel about this episode, Rex? Eh. <laughs> eh, I mean, it, it was all right. Yeah, I thought the IMDb thumbnail was a bit misleading because right? it was Buffy and Spike making out. And I'm like, damn, what happens in this episode? Yeah. And turns out that's just a fucking dream that happens at the end of the episode. So a bit of a letdown there. Um, But I, you know, I figured it was like, man, with... The shit that's going on with her and Riley, there's no way, like, he doesn't even have the chip out. There's no way that they fall in love this fast. Uh, like, they already did the thing where they're under a spell and making out with each other. That was like a season ago already. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. So you were just kind of meh. Yeah. Didn't even really have any, like, standout moments that I felt. Yeah, I really felt like, I was like, yeah, we're finally getting somewhere now. Um, There's shit blowing up between Buffy and Riley and Spike's about to get his chip out. Yeah. And sure, they've got little things brewing in the background for all the other characters. Like, there is a little bit of exposition. Like, here's how Willow and Terror are doing. Here's yeah. how Xander's doing. Here's how Giles is doing. But none of them really had any central no. uh, role in this episode. Even Dawn and Joyce, it was really just a check-in with them. It was pretty much all Riley with a side of Spike, and we still didn't really go anywhere with either of them. The entire fucking episode was pure foreshadowing. Yeah. Every goddamn bit was about foreshadowing for future fucking episodes. Which, uh, yeah, okay, you kind of need to do that sometimes. You need foreshadowing, but, like, cram something productive in it. There's no current change in between Riley and Buffy. There's still that same tension. I guess Buffy knows about the tension now. If anything, That's I something. felt like it, it resolved a lot of tension. And I'm like, hey, good for them. They had a fight and some yeah. misunderstandings. And now they're good to go. Good for them. And I felt like the real foreshadowing here was Dawn's thing. Like, where the fuck did she come from? Yep. I know, really, who is she? And then Joyce 
you know, Joyce's illness, yeah. that foreshadowing, and then... Willow's fo- Willow, uh, the foreshadowing that she's using magic more and getting better at it. Okay, um, yeah. I didn't necessarily pick up on that one quite so much, but yeah, you're not wrong. And no, the one that stuck out the most to me, number three anyway, was when Buffy says, if that's what I wanted, I'd be dating Spike. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> well, I don't think I'm ruining it for anybody when I say, well, those two fucking end up together. Yeah. And if I am, by the way, heavy spoiler alerts <laughs> just all around. Um, so what's your quote of the day, Rex? Um, I'm going to go with Riley's quote when talking to Graham the first time in the episode. Very convincing. Makes me want to completely put myself under government control. Please, take me where they can make me unconscious and naked. (laughs) And you know what? I feel that. Like, yeah. I don't want the government to, you know, do anything like that. Oh, yeah. I have absolutely no trust for government organizations either. Especially one like the Initiative. Especially if I were involved in it at the level that Riley was. If anybody shouldn't trust it, it's Riley. I mean, still, get your fucking heart fixed, though. Yeah, seriously. What's your quote of the day? Well, okay, I'm gonna go with Willow. Hey, oh wow, this place looks great. I feel like a witch in a magic shop. (laughs) Are these newt eyes? (laughs) I really loved that. It's like, hey, Willow, guess what? You just, you're a witch in the magic shop. I appreciated Buffy's cue from Bond, not Star Trek line. Yeah. I really appreciated Dawn. Sounds more like Big Sister. And Spike had a few good ones at some point, but nothing that really... There wasn't anything that really made me, like, guffaw laugh. Yeah, you know? definitely not. There weren't really any moments where I'm like, oh, fuck, I gotta pause this and spend a few moments laughing. Right. Like, that's usually the really good episodes when you're like, you get one or two of those moments where you're just like, oh my God, I need to wait, just sit here for a moment. Mm hmm. Anyway, yeah, this has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, join our Facebook group where we get to interact with all our fans. If you'd like to support our show, the number one way you can do that is to find us on iTunes or. In some capacity, many other podcast platforms and give us a review. Uh, That helps us get seen the most. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. We have a cat naming perk. If you would like to own some things with our logos on it, uh, you can do that at beerwithbuffy.com where we have t-shirts and hoodies and stickers and all sorts of shit with now two logos. That is correct. Hey, is that L with Angel logo available to, as a sticker now? Will be by the time this uh, this airs. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so through email at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Or you could give us a call to our, to our voicemail or text our voicemail number. The number is 269-743-0783. As always, thank you very much to JJ Treadway for most of our opening and closing and transition music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night.
make allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility, and instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> done why are we watching this 